Hi, ever wonder what it's like to work another profession or live in the underworld? Listen to Unsuspecting Riders give a 10 to 15 minute personal masterclass as I spontaneously interview them as they enter my taxi. I'm your host, Simon Rushton, and this is Taxi Chronicles. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another rider, another episode. Today we have a lovely lady. She's going to tell us about what it takes to be a vet and the process and the love. So nice to have you here today, Ashley. So what, first of all, what made you make the decision why you wanted to be a veterinarian? Um, I'm a veterinary nurse, so not quite vet. Okay. Um, I... I've loved animals, I've had animals um, since I was really, really young as well, and my own when I was six, and my parents had animals before that, so they've always been around me. What was your first pet? My first pet was a pair of hamsters that turned into about a hundred hamsters. Oh, is it? Okay. So what did you do with their children then? Um, We traded them into pet shops for things that we needed like food and sawdust. Oh yeah, I that's not a bad idea, isn't it? I'm not sure if they would be happy about it. <laughs> do they become attached to their children? What? I heard that you have to separate hamsters. You from do, their yeah, yeah. They um they breed very young as well, which is how we got caught out. We thought we had two two females and one of them turned out to be male. Okay. Um, and then they bred and then we had that's how we ended up with so many hamsters. Okay. Um, but yeah you have to try and separate them out into groups so that they're still social Um, because if you separate them out one by one they become quite aggressive with other hamsters if you try and reintroduce them later on oh okay so you've always got to keep them in company yeah at least three so they're not that uh, spoiled single child syndrome oh very much (laughs) okay okay so you made obviously what was the route that you took to becoming a um, where you are today I applied for quite a few apprenticeships. Um, I didn't. I went for interviews, but I didn't actually get them. Um, so I started in Potter's Bar on a veterinary veterinary nursing assistant course. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me about a year and a half to pass the course. Lots of practicals. Lots of. Um, Is it like normal A-le- work? A level sitting in Guilds and VQ pretty much yeah you do you get apply uh, you get placed in a practice i was placed in pdsa croydon charity um you do a lot of your practical like you learn a lot on the job okay. and uh two days a week you go up to the college for sitting in a classroom and being taught out of a book okay so really and truly that's kind of the best way to go then the experience there's that. lots of different ways you can go um that was ways? that was a good way for me um, you can do work experience and be promoted through the practice that you're at, yeah. uh, offered jobs and things from your time in placement. You can start online, they have online courses, um, so that you don't have to travel all the way to the, the practice. And There's just quite a few options. I went for one that was suitable for me. Yeah. And they're all called veterinary nurses. No, so we have two kinds of nursing assistants. The student nursing assistants who are uh, training to be veterinary nurses and 
nursing assistants who manage other things, mostly cleaning, lots of animal handling. Um, they, the difference is you don't run labs and you don't run, um, you don't take blood samples. That's the only difference between the two qualifications. So what I said in the beginning about being a vet, is that the person who kind of does surgery? Yes. Okay. Can you work your way to becoming a vet based on what you study? You can. It does take so many years to manage it, though. Really? And it's a completely separate course. So you can go from nursing to vet. Um, a lot of people just stick with veterinary nursing assistant and veterinary nursing. Okay. So, can a vet work on any animal? Yes. So from a horse or an elephant down to a mouse? Yes. There's lots of different training for each spe uh, species, but yes. And, and do you, at your level, do you have different training for different species as well? I have training for small animal, so no nothing exotic like birds or um, farm animals, but I can hold animals, I can uh, help give them medication. What's the most common problem see with animals that come into your place oh there's just too many lots of them where dogs eat things they shouldn't oh, is it? um cat fights and birds that pull out their own feathers and stress oh because they want to fly around and be happy you know a lot of things can stress birds if they don't have a birds are very intelligent so if you're not there during the day they get very stressed because they get very bored um you have to give them sensory games to play with so like working out how to get to their food if you set up a little trap for them so they have to work to get their meals uh, they quite enjoy that if they're very bored and they get very stressed they start self-mutilating they pull out their own feathers these are like parrots or parrots budgies uh, if you have if you're raising hand ring pigeons they do it as well people raise pigeons yep pigeons are also very intelligent People hand raise uh, birds that get um, lost if their tree gets cut down and the nest falls, if they've fallen out of their nest and people walk past and mum won't come back to the bird, um, to her baby if it's on the floor and there's lots of people around, um, she'll have to leave her baby and start again, which isn't very fair, but... Oh. Okay, so tell, I've, I've never been a fan of zoos because I believe animals should be left to be in the wild um, they're much more happier in my eyes um, from what you're speaking about would you say that I have a point there there's lots of pros and cons to zoos quite often they're there for their own safety the animals that are there from the wild are due to illness or injury that they're they've been kept in captivity to rehabilitate them and they're no longer suitable to survive in the wild on their own without help um, so I do agree with that I don't agree with them being kept just to show off if you haven't mimicked their environment properly and it's, it's not quite the same as being out in the wild but unfortunately the wild can be quite mean that's a natural order you could say I understand when they um, save like a rhino that someone's chopped its tusk off a horn or whatever it has. Um, that, that, the, the pointy thing <laughs> in that respect. But I just think when you like take a lion and put him in the English countryside in the safari, it's like, wait a minute, he's meant to be in a hot country. Yeah. He's meant to be able to run and be happy. 
Yeah, sometimes they're, they're there for saving the species as well. So the wild can be quite cruel and, and quite often a lot of the animals don't survive even in their natural habitat and to avoid them going extinct um, zoos take them and they swap them between zoos as well when during uh, breeding programs. Do you, um, is there any animals that we can't work on? You know, it's like just to like I suppose a whale you wouldn't work on a whale but is there any animals that aren't that big? Because you wouldn't work on a whale would you? We wouldn't know. You'd have to do a specific degree with marine biology to. No, I was just thinking, human that. beings in general, we wouldn't work on the whales. They're too big, aren't they? They're like. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think we'd be able to get anywhere close to them. I know they come up to see people in, yeah. in the water, but they don't stick around long enough. It's not something that anyone would usually do. There are vets that will work on exotics like reptiles and fish. Uh, fish have surgical procedures as well. Really? They do. Mostly to remove benign tumours that grow off their skin. What's that? Um, it's a tumour that has no roots to it, so it can it's an awkward lump that comes up on their skin, um, and you just remove the lump and stitch them back together, and it doesn't grow any other abnormal cells. Right. If you take a fish out of water, it dies. So how do you keep the fish alive... And, and what do you do? Give it uh, a drip? No, they um, it's got no vein, has it? It's got fish vein. don't survive very long out of water. They can survive a couple of minutes at a time. Um, there are certain drugs that you can give them to slow their breathing and their heart rate down, um, and then you perform the surgery. I'm not quite sure of the specifics, but I know it has been done before. So you've got like five minutes instead of two minutes. Less than five minutes in most cases so before you have quickly... to keep wetting them and giving them more oxygen oh, and then okay. you've got some more more time after that. So it sounds like a lot of work just to save an animal. It is a lot of work, but it is worth it. Some people have cats and dogs as their small furry There's babies and other people children. Yeah, they really enjoy having fish and Do you have any animals, pets? I have a ridiculous amount of animals. <laughs> Okay, so in the day, so that, like my aunt, she's got a dog, and I always say she, she doesn't, in my eyes, I don't understand why she has a dog, because you're at work most of the day, you don't take him for a walk, a really good walk, like twice a day, I was told you meant to take him twice a day, what she does, she just lets him go walk around in the garden or on the green somewhere. But it's not really like a get out, happy, play, be happy you're alive walk. So I'm not for, so my, I don't understand why some people have pets unless they're for a purpose. Like if you have a dog because you're trying to protect your land or a sheep farmer, do you see what I mean? But if you just got a dog that's kind of closed up in a small flat, it's like, why would you do that? You have animals for lots of different reasons. The main reason is comfort. Uh, you can have them for breeding, so to make money on, on the babies when they're old enough. Um, you can have them as protection if you have guard dogs or a really aggressive cat that doesn't like the postman. Um, there's a lot of reasons to have dogs. As long as they get the exercise that they need for their, their particular breed, um, you can have any kind of animal. 
as long as you're taking care of it and it's getting what it's what it needs so if he does play in the garden if he plays for a really long time and he's had a lot of exercise and energy um that's the same as you know taking him for a walk oh in the field okay i see it. yeah because sometimes that dog i looked at him he does just get tired he does this thing he's got this ball that you can't pop <laughs> i've never seen anything like it's like a hard rubber ball and they try and bite it because he's got a big kind of fangs is it fangs i don't know what, what a dog has and then they just dribble <sighs> he's tired <laughs> but he doesn't want to let go of the ball oh they don't part with anything and then, and then he <laughs> wants to chase the ball again but he's still tired <laughs> yeah and it's just i'm not like i said i'm not an animal person so i'm just i was a bit like watching the david atterburn nature show watching the dog like what's he doing now <laughs> what's he doing this okay so what does the future um future hold for you in the in the vet in the vet industry I don't know really i love my job so i'm not going to leave my job for quite a while yet mm-hmm. i'm just going to keep going i work at lots of different branches so the day is never boring it's never the same mm-hmm. what are the traits that someone needs to be in the vet industry probably not mine <laughs> <laughs> what are the traits that you would say someone needs you need to love animals that's the biggest part of it you need to be good at communication you need to you need to work hard you need to put in a lot of effort and you need to stick with it some days are absolutely awful with what happens and you just have to keep going because there's always a good day after it if you stop at the bad days you won't get very far in a veterinary profession so when you say some days are absolutely awful, are you referring to days like where um, people have mistreated animals and they've come in? Mistreated or if there's been a really bad accident, it's... What, 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 like what kind of accident? Like cats quite often get hit by cars. Oh, is that it? Oh, okay, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Sometimes dogs do. Sometimes there's a really aggressive dog that protects its toys or its its owner and they fight and it's it's quite bloody and it's not so it's not pleasant to work toys with from its owner. no when they protect them their um, toys in, in parks and things as well like some dogs don't like other dogs that's just okay. how they're made and um dog fights aren't particularly pleasant cat fights aren't pleasant seeing them when they've been hit by a car for whatever reason isn't pleasant if they've fallen off something and they're in pain it's it's not it's not nice. Most of the time when dogs or animals have been injured or hit by cars, can you repair them or do you just put them down? We do everything we can to keep them going. It depends on what type of injury they've sustained. If it wasn't a very hard collision, sometimes a few broken bones are all they have and they're in hospital, they're on fluids, they have pain medication, sometimes they need surgery. If a dog, for instance, breaks its leg, is it like... I think humans are in a cast for six or nine months to protect, uh, fix their leg or something. Is it the same with animals? Most bones, either human or animal, will heal in 10 to 12 weeks. Oh, is it? Um, as long as they're kept stable, as long as they have time to fuse together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, with animals, if the break is really bad, we sometimes put surgical pins in to hold the bone in place. Because dogs aren't like us, they can't stay off of their feet. Um, and then you wrap them up in a cast and a splint just to keep the leg as stable as you can 
sometimes it takes longer if they're big dogs and they're heavy and they have to put a lot of weight on those limbs um, small dogs do tend to heal quite quickly owners also tend to pick the small dogs up and carry them um, so it's yeah 10 to 12 weeks is usually the go-to for broken bones is is like a vet is it like part nhs where if you find a wounded dog or something you can bring it in and it's not my dog but i just thought you might want to fix it or is it like if you bring him into a vet it's always you have to pay if we can find the owner of the dog uh, via microchip in the back of their neck then we contact the owner and find out what we can do for that dog if they're not owned by anyone um, we'll do the best we can to patch them up if they're if we can save them or, or help them and then they go off to charities that rely on donations from people for extra support for strays and mm. and animals that are unclaimed so you help fix the dog up free of charge usually yes quite often people leave a donation with the animal as well um, to give to the charity charities tend to take most of the injured Okay. Oh, sick like animals Battersea Dog Zone things like Battersea or any other charity as well Battersea is the more well known one but there are lots oh, all over it? I only knew about Battersea Dog Zone ok ok that's interesting what, last two questions what have you learned over your time in this industry that you wish you knew when you started oh, I wish I knew how bad some of the days could get and they extend into quite a few days possibly a week where you have not awful days but days that really drag you down i wish i knew about that before i started because oh, well, some things you see and you'd never unsee them okay so in the military we say the medic sees everybody's firefight certainly everybody's battle that happens out there because we're all different soldiers fighting different battles but the medic ends up seeing it all yeah so they get kind of traumatized the most and the quickest yeah in certain respect um, um yeah do you ever regret doing your industry no never never okay that's good and the last question is what's the impact you want to have in the world I oh, I just want everyone, human or animal, to be able to live in peace. Like, no cruelty, no pain, no suffering. I want to be part of a world that helps mend that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got a constant battle on your hands. I but, do, but, but it's worth it at the end. Yeah, <laughs> we need people like you to um, patch yeah, things up. But thanks a lot for that. Much appreciated. And we wish you well. We hope you liked that interview. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to get the latest daily episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economy and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources? Then listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you will hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am.